All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get uh, it started. Now, on the other side of your song sheet is a outline. And can we all? Um, does everyone have a sheet? Everyone. Okay, good. So, can we all read that title and the verse, the headline verse under it? Ready, go. Calling. Let's read, let's read that verse one more time. Ready? Go. For the same Lord is Lord of all, and grace to all who call upon Him. Amen. So, uh, one version of the Bible says, The same Lord is Lord of all, and abounding in riches for all who call upon Him. Tonight, we want you to be impressed that the way to take the riches of the Lord is by calling on His name. And uh, to begin this topic, I wanted to go back to Genesis and just sort of briefly tell the story of how people began calling upon the name of the Lord. Um, Did you all know that there is a verse in scriptures that tells us when men began to call upon the name of the Lord? Uh, Maybe if, you know, if you don't know this verse, maybe you would think it would be like with David or like with Moses. Uh, or Abraham, it was before David, it was before Moses, man began to call on the name of the Lord from the third generation of mankind. And actually, Adam and Eve were still alive, and they were calling too. So literally everybody who's ever been a believer has called on the name of the Lord. This is like the lowest common denominator that unifies all believers, that we call on the name of the Lord. So Adam and Eve, after they were driven from the garden, they didn't give up hope because they had the promise that their seed would, the seed of the woman would crush or bruise the head of the serpent. And so they were really expecting their seed to come. And so when, when, when Eve had her, first, her firstborn son, she named him Cain. And Cain means acquired. And she thought, I've acquired the, the promised seed. I've got him. This wasn't that bad. We're going to get the serpent. And, um, but if, you know, I have a two-year-old little, almost two-year-old toddler, and it doesn't take that long for the uh, sweet innocence of a little newborn to go away and vanish. <laughs> and they say their first, no. And then you say, Luke, don't throw your food. And he goes, ah, and he throws his food, and you're like, oh, he's not the promised seed. <laughs> he's not the He's, none of us is the promised seed. So Eve knew this too, and we can tell because she named her second son Abel, which means breath or vanity. So she went from, oh, I've acquired the seed, to, oh, this is all vanity. Well, I don't know when this seed is coming. Oh, you know, this is hard. Um, okay, so then Cain killed Abel. And it was like the lights went out and all hope was lost, it seemed. And Cain's descendants, they went forth, it says, from the presence of Jehovah, and they built cities to, for their existence. And the record in Genesis tells us that they invented all kinds of things, all manner of things. And um, what we want to see is that they invented things for themselves because they lost God. When they went from the presence of the Lord, they were 
forced to produce all kind of substitutes. And so they invented cattle raising. One of his descendants was the father of, of agriculture or cattle raising uh, for their provision. And then another one of his descendants was the father of all kinds of uh, bronze and iron cutting instruments and tools for their protection uh, technology. And then another one uh, invented all the harps and the musical instruments for their entertainment. So if you really think about this, this is a lot like what you would study in school. You're either going to be studying engineering, some kind of technology, or something in the fine arts, or something in the business or economics realm. So this is all, it all started there. And, but the, the reason they had to invent those things was they lost God. Nobody at that time was calling on the name of the Lord. They were not calling on the Lord. And so they were forced to produce this godless culture. And then the record, thank the Lord, the record in Genesis shifts back to Adam and Eve. And it says that Adam and Eve had another son, and they named him Seth. Now, Seth means appointed, and Eve said, this was Jehovah's appointment to me because Cain killed Abel. And so I have another son. And Seth had a son, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, men began to call upon the name of Jehovah. That's Genesis 4.26. At that time. So what was significant about that time? Uh, she named him, I mean, uh, Seth named his son Enosh. Enosh has, is actually a very significant name. It means frail, mortal man. And so what the significance is, is that when we realize our frailty, we call out, on the, we call out to God, to Jehovah. And Jehovah means I am that I am. It means I will be who I will be. So when we realize our weakness, we begin to call out to the one who is. And our strength, I mean, he becomes our strength. Our weakness is the perfect receptacle for his strength. Um, I had a, a, you know, we had the conference last weekend and a, and a, a freshman brother came up to me and he needed, he wanted some guidance and uh, he, um, he moved, okay, so he moved away from his hometown. He uh, was, was in a difficult major. He, had a, he was in a long-distance relationship. He had just started a part-time job. And when he started all these things nine, eight, eight, nine months ago, he thought, I'm going to do it. This is, this is me conquering the world, stage one. I'm going to move away from my parents. You know, a lot of us, in principle, start our independent life like this, very ambitious. But he actually was, uh, he, he had been, I think the mortality of man was coming into his consciousness because he was having trouble sleeping from the stress of all the things he had to bear alone, away from his support group. For about a month, he was having to take things just to sleep, take, take medications. And um, he came to the conference telling the Lord, Lord, I really want to find you. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, he found the Lord at the conference. Amen. And he called the last hymn on Sunday morning. Oh, okay, the, the first hymn uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, Jesus, Lord, I'm captured by thy beauty. All my heart to thee I open wide. 
now set free from all religious duty. Only let me in thyself abide. And then he came up to me after the conference and said, I have really touched the Lord. And he called on the Lord, and he was saved. And um, so in principle, we all have this kind of Genesis experience of starting out thinking we've got this. We might, be, we might have a sin, like Cain killed Abel, and then we might go away from the presence of the Lord, and then we might start to try to produce all kind of things for ourselves to satisfy, protect, and just, uh, just for ourselves. But then the story needs to shift within us, and we realize we're just an Enosh. We need to call on the Lord. Um, I had an experience. I am still in the middle of an experience like this, a project I've been working on for the church, a gazebo. And when I started it, I was full of expectation that this would be a great project, very simple. And now it has proven very difficult for me to complete. And so I realized my frailty to complete this project. And I've been calling on the Lord a lot just to get this done. Okay, now let's go on to the definition. Uh, we better read this together to, to cry out audibly. Can we read Lamentations together? Ready, go. Um, now we talked about prayer last week and Human shared and we began with these same verses from Lamentations 3. Um, but the point today is if you can underline I called on your name you have heard my voice. I called on your name you have heard my voice. While prayer may be quiet or silent calling is by definition Audible, out loud. The Hebrew word means to cry out, and the Greek word means to call a person by name. So um, calling, you may not know this, but calling on the name of the Lord was ubiquitous. That means it was very common in the early church. Um, actually, Saul, he ident- you know, Saul, before he was Paul, was persecuting the church. And he identified the church by their calling on the Lord. And you got to think about it. There was no uh, Facebook or church buildings that he could go to and find them there. But look at, um, let me read you Acts 9.14. That says, He had authority from the chief priests to bind all who call upon your name. That was the, that was the qualifier. Who can I arrest? He would literally use his ears and walk around the streets in the neighborhoods. Who's calling on the Lord? It was an audible practice. We want to be those that are arrestable today. Um, Now, just one more thing before we go on. We're calling on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord today is Jesus. And Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth... Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say that there is a God. If you confess with your mouth that there is a God, it doesn't say that. It says Jesus is Lord. There is power in this name, brothers. There's one of our elders that got saved in his dorm room. He got on his knees and he said, help me, Jesus. And whoosh! Instantly, and tears started flowing, and he got saved by saying, Help me, Jesus. 
Isn't that awesome? There's power in this name, brothers. Um, if you call out Abraham Lincoln or Gandhi or whoever you're calling on, it's, nothing is going to happen. But if you call Lord Jesus, He is a real and living and present person and He will answer you. And I think um, Victoria Abbey uh, had a little experience of this calling on the name of the Lord when she was a freshman. I've asked her to share just a real quick pop-up about this. <laughs> Sorry, Victoria. <laughs> yeah, my freshman year, I was really skeptical about this calling thing. You know, like in the world, when people say, like, Jesus or God, like, usually it's like, oh, God, you know? So it's like, I was trying to, like, this is a positive thing. This has power. Like, what? So usually in the meetings, I kind of be like, when everyone's calling, I'm like, yeah, I'll skip that. <laughs> but during the semester, I was having a really hard time, and I went to go see a sister in West Campus. We got rid of yogurt, and she was like, hey, let's call. And for some reason, I was in a state where I was open. And I just went for Jesus, and I felt something. And we just kept on calling and calling louder and louder until we were like, Screaming, Lord Jesus, in the middle of West Campus. And it was like, it wasn't awkward, it was awesome. Amen. And since then, you know, before praying by myself was like really awkward, but then I started doing the calling before I would pray, and then it's like my whole experience of the Lord was just uplifted. Amen. Amen. That is so good. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Isn't that good? We don't want to just call once. You know, it's like bluebell ice cream. You don't want to just take one lick on the cone and then... We just want to keep calling on His sweet name. Keep licking. All right, let's go on to point B, breathing. Do not hide your ear at my breathing, at my cry. I, like Human shared last week, I really love this word breathing because you breathe out all kinds of negative things and you breathe in the positive things when you call on the Lord. Isn't that good? There's so many things. Human pointed out that we breathe out anger, tiredness, and anxiety. Three kinds of carbon dioxides. And we breathe in all of the rich nutrients of Christ. And if you think about it, oxygen is all around you all the time. All you have to do is, and it gets in. And it's the same with the Spirit. He is all around you all the time. For your healing, for your peace, for your pleasure, for your comfort. Everything you need. Um, Many times, uh, you're sick and you're physically too sick to eat and drink. I mean, if you're really seriously sick, you can't even drink. But you always keep breathing. Um, so sometimes we're too sick to, spiritually to get the solid food from the Word and drink the milk of the Word. But we keep breathing. And eventually the Lord heals us. Okay, let's go on to point two, the purpose. So point one, the definition. Point two, the purpose, to be saved. Can we read Romans 10.13? Ready, go. For whoever... 
I know a brother who was a Jew. He grew up uh, as a Jew, and he was a wild man in the 60s. And um, he lived in Central or South America in the jungles for a while, picked up Spanish. He lived in the mountains in a little cabin, totally off the grid for many years, snow-covered mountains. And one day, um, he, okay, so he had family. One day, his little toddler son uh, fell into a bucket of boiling water, and he was in the middle of nowhere. And he picked him up, and the skin was falling off him. And he was crazed, and he wrapped him in a towel and started running down the, the snow-covered mountain. And he was calling, Jesus, Jesus. And he was a Jew, and he didn't know why he was calling Jesus, but he was calling Jesus on that run down the mountain. And it just so happened that there was a tourist who, had just, who was just there with his car parked there on one of the roads leading up the mountain. And he saw the man running, and he went to him. He got him in his car. He took him to a hospital. And the son is okay. And the father is serving the Lord now. But he got saved calling Jesus. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, B, to enjoy the riches of the Lord. Can we read Romans 10, 12? For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Okay, do we have any people from Korea in here? How do you say how do you say Lord Jesus in Korean? Oh, Jesus. Amen. What about Spanish? Oh, Señor Jesus. Amen. Do we have any other languages here? What's that language? We got some other ones maybe. Um, can you underline no distinction? No distinction. This is such good news. God is not a, res- a respecter of persons. The same Lord is Lord of all and rich to all who call upon Him. When I first started learning Japanese in college, I thought it was funny that the name of the Lord was Shu. I was like, okay. Shu, yes, you. But there's no distinction. The Lord loves to hear Shu when it's called from a Japanese person. John Newton in the 1800s was a slave uh, ship uh, captain, and he was a very low person with a low profession. And crossing the Atlantic, he would be cursing God from the top of the little thing on the mast in the middle of a storm. And uh, he wrote a hymn that said, um, Love conquers even me. And then he wrote Amazing Grace. And then he wrote this other hymn, How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrow, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. It makes the wounded spirit whole and calms the troubled breast. Tis manna to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. Dear name, the rock on which we build, our shield and hiding place, our never-failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace. He enjoyed the riches of the Lord by calling on His name. Okay, now let's go on to point three, the way. Um, Can we read uh, 2 Timothy 2.22? Call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 
I know you're probably thinking that you don't have a pure heart. Uh, that your heart, that you've sinned. That your heart's not like ivory soap or something. But that's okay. That's not what it's focusing on here. It's a single heart. And that means that you're calling on the Lord just to get the Lord. Amen. Not necessarily a feeling, although that may, be with, that may happen. But when you call on the Lord, you get the Lord. This is, this is what it is to have a pure heart. Okay, let's go on to B, with an open mouth. Let's read uh, these quotes from Psalms. Ready, go. You called in trouble. Amen. Now, we sometimes get asked this question, God knows my heart. He, he can read my mind. Why do I have to use my mouth to, to pray and call on Him? He already knows what I'm thinking. Have you ever had that question in you before? Okay. Um, well, I know I've had that question, and uh, it helped me to look at two passages from the Bible to try to answer Let's answer the Bible with the Bible. So Mark 10, firstly, Jesus is passing along a road when, when uh, he's going out of a city, big crowds with him, and there's a blind beggar there. And the blind beggar wants to get healed. And he's heard that Jesus can heal. Well, he cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't just sit there thinking, he, Jesus will come over. He knows my situation. He <laughs> cries out. We, so this is a help to us. He, and he was crazy, and they told him, be quiet. But he kept crying out much more. And then Jesus stopped and said, call him here, and healed him. Okay, then Jesus himself, in Hebrews 5-7, we're told, this one in the days of his flesh, having offered up both petitions and supplications with strong crying and tears to him who was able to save him out of death and having been heard because of his piety. Jesus, in the days of his flesh, was calling on God the Father with strong crying. One version says with loud cries. So if Jesus is calling on God the Father, we surely also need to be calling on Jesus. Okay. Then with others, point C, can we read the whole verse, 2 Timothy 2.22? Ready, go. But flee youthful lusts. You know, calling by ourselves is good, but it might be a little bit weak. Day-to-day life, calling by yourself might be just a little bit weak, but when you call with others, you're much bolder. It's much stronger, right? And, um, uh, you know, at the conference last weekend, our calling was strong. It was totally rich. And there was uh, one brother who, um, his dad called him on Thursday and said, um, how are you doing? He said, hey, Dad, how are you doing? His dad said, um, his dad's up in the northwest. He said, there's, there's been a lot of snow up here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go skiing this weekend, and I'll buy you a ticket if you want to come. And you'll come up here tomorrow, and we'll go skiing the whole weekend. Pretty, pretty tempting, but it's not as good as calling on the name of the Lord with others. And this brother said, Dad, I don't think there's anything you can offer me that I'd rather be doing than going to the conference I'm going to. Isn't that awesome? Flee youthful us and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 
with others. It is so rich to call on the Lord uh, like this. Okay, now finally, we come to daily. Psalm 86. Can we read these verses? Both of these verses. Ready? Go. For to you do call out all day long. I have called out to you, O Jehovah, every day. So now underline all day, every day. This is an easy, low-hanging fruit. All day, every day. Um, little Luke, my little toddler, calls out to me and my wife all day, every day. <laughs> Literally. Right, Megan? I mean, it's just when you have a little child, you know, Megan has a little one, and there was another little one. Margie was taking care of. Um, anyway, so they're so dependent on their parents, and they call out all day, every day. And in fact, it really wears on a parent. When I'm gone all day and Laurel's taking care of Luke, when I get home, she needs a, she needs a break. Um, but we are so glad, right, that we have a son that needs us and loves us. And um, we want to be like that to God the Father, needy, dependent on him, calling on him all day, every day. And uh, just one more verse, Luke 18.7 tells us to be those that cry to Him day and night. So in the daytime, cry to Him, and at night, call on Him. And He's like my wife and I are to Luke. He's like a parent. He is there. Okay, so let's just review that real fast. That was uh, The definition is the what? The purpose is the why. The way is the how. Calling on the name of the Lord. What, why, and how. The definition, the purpose, the way. So rich, brothers and sisters. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Amen.